Welcome back for episode 31 of the Escapade show and today we are joined with Ivan Kutz. How we doing? I'm not bad, I just realised that's 31, that's my age, so yeah, there you that's go. That's why we've done it. Uh, I predicted that. Right, so let's kick <laughs> off with, your name's not actually Ivan. Right, this no. is the artist's name, so you're like Brad Pitt. A wee, a wee bit like that, aye, without the looks, I suppose. But yeah, I, my real name's Scott McFarlane. So okay, so Scott. Yeah. yeah. So promoter, DJ, producer, a million other things. Yeah, uh, probably a cruff champion as well. I <laughs> uh, used to show dogs in the jungle. Oh, right. Professional football player as well. So yeah, I've been a few things. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying out the, the DJ and the promoter side now. Uh, the other, one, the other one's failed, so... <laughs> Crofts away. I see you're a dog man anyway. I'm a dog man, yeah. I've been brought up with dogs for years, so yeah. Aye, that's basically my story. Is that a Labrador you've got? Yeah, uh, a German pointer. So aye, okay. Aye. So I, I, was, I used to show German pointers as a young gun. I was a uh, fourth best junior handle in Britain at one point, believe it or not. The trophy is up in my mum and dad's loft. Uh, so it was good. Go, eh? So it was a good fact to bring out in after parties. People don't believe it. And then, <laughs> You just show them a wee picture, on. picture with my wee cord so and my shirt and my big rosette. <laughs> away it goes. You know. I did the picture that. Aye, it's, it's a good chart line as well. That, that's quite. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it is an after party. Uh, aye, it is. Uh, Have you seen this? I didn't know that. She yeah. he's made my dog day there. Is that it? <laughs> Douglas, <laughs> so aye, that's basically. So how from there then? So let's because obviously you're massively involved in the music scene here in mm. uh, so, so Paisley, Glasgow. Um, so tell us a wee bit about the, the journey into in music, some early influences. I've seen you were looking at some of the vinyls, some of the old trance stuff, <laughs> and the hard style stuff and all that. So yep, yep. tell us a wee bit for, for there when you started getting introduced. I started off in high school and it was actually through a kind of workshop that kind of you guys do that was over across from my school. And it was a wee DJ workshop, so we went, used to go over there with my spare time at night. And we started... It was a uh, started learning how to mix and DJ and stuff. And one of the challenges was to run a an event with the school. So there was a big sports centre in Johnston called McMaster's. And at this point, we were going to the unders, and uh, like the unders was going these the days, and uh, we we're all heavily into kind of hardcore, happy hardcore, uh, hard house, music areas, and basically we just decided to run this big event and the uh, and get the whole school going so we had to basically start from scratch do the planning get the security and all that so that was my kind of first insight of promoting and we booked dj dario for our chaos i don't know dario runs the cheetah and stuff like that now but uh booked him and uh yeah we just had a big mad rave in the sports center when we were about we must have only been about 13 or 14 so amazing i uh, so that was my kind of and like my step into promoting and then for there on in I just kind of built my way up i done nights in uh, Paisley it was more trans nights I had William Daniels play for me for the first like one of my first bookings and Mr David Forbes that you've had mm -hmm. on and uh, and then it kind of evolved more into my style changed into more techno it happened when I was at two, 2007 I was at Global Garden and I was there to see like your Eddie Hallowells, Marcel, uh, Marcel Woods and all that. That's who I loved back then, Scott Project. And 
I, I actually took the wrong turn into a tent myself when I was walking about my Rangers tap on. I don't know why I had a Rangers tap on at a festival. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a picture of me at one of the tents with my arms out and the Rangers tap on, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> anyway, but anyway, but I took the wrong turn into a tent and it was basically Sven Vaffa's on. Like, the dawn. I was like, what is this music? I never heard any mm-hmm. of this music in my life. Do you know what I mean? I was like, what is this? And then <laughs> from there on, I was just kind of blown away by the whole kind of techno sound. And I started going to my local club, which was Club 69, because uh, I'm for Johnson and it's in Paisley. So it was handy just to get back and forward. Spent numerous weekends in there, pretty mad with it. And mm-hmm. then uh, I, that's how kind of like, my techno the adventure started mm. that's cool very interesting a lot mm. of parallels in my own thing we're very similar ages Just thinking that so yeah. like down the Dumbarton Shore it's like you know you've got your bag full of batteries and your your CDs and all that, you know right. what I mean? You're, you're just turning up down there with like Scott Brown and whatever. But it's amazing yeah. how the evolution starts, though. And like yeah. that wee mistake of you venturing into that Aye. that tent was what gave you the wow, what's this kind of style? Yeah, and that's that's what your hands like. I used, I've been collecting records for years, and I've seen you say that. Like when I used to go to the Unders, I would uh, I would go to HMV first, have a scan through the tunes, and then buy my tunes, run back to Central Station pay a quid for the locker, put my tunes in the locker, go away back to our kiosk, jump away, probably get in a fight, then come back out <laughs> and then run back round to get the last train. Sometimes I'd miss it, then my dad would ground me and I wouldn't be able to go the next week to our kiosk, but you'd grab your records for the locker, go home Aye. and play them the next day. And that was the buzzer, just being into music back then. <coughs> I thought like I used to love the, the buzzer, just going to HMV then going to the dancing and then whatever you'd heard in our kiosk, they would always have the records and that way, way before they came out in HMV for some reason. So it was like you were, it was, you were always behind. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was that was a, a starting to learn and understand about what DJ promos were. Like why have they got that and I kind of get a hold of this now? But that uh, gave like, vinyl that excitement because you'd be waiting weeks for something to come out. Yeah. And then once you got it, it was like that. We're talking about stairs about you know card games when you're younger and all that. Do you know what I mean? Once you yeah. had that shiny or that vinyl, you were like, yes, I've got something physical. Uh, Which we were talking to Mark Sherry about. Like mm-hmm. when he had this album come out, and made a point of still putting it out on a CD because you put it out on iTunes. What two weeks passes and the thing yeah. you've been working towards for two years Aye. it's like that that short term uh, you know thing with music and, and films I guess as well you know it's like whereas yeah. the vinyl the last thing you could do and then have nobody look at the, those that they exist they're, they're big pieces of Aye, history they're right and it's one thing I would never get rid of is my vinyl I've got they're up in my mum and dad's loft but they, they're always there when you need them don't they so mm. uh, but that was I loved it I, I remember the first record I ever bought was Flint and Phil Two Love Never Dies. And the first record I ever brought that was stupidly overpriced was Eye Opener. Uh, I spent 30 quid on that, and that was a lot of money back mm-hmm. in the day. And I used to go to 23rd Precinct and get that off of Willie Daniels when he was working in there and stuff. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, the whole, it was all about getting the tune before somebody else had them, because there was only so many copies. And Aye. if you played it, then you were the, you were the man, weren't you? Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Whereas, whereas, whereas yeah, now so. it's a bit. You can get the tune no bother now, really, I suppose. I know, it's totally, mm-hmm. I felt myself as well, there's not a much, as much excitement about the tracks these days or like having it that early unless you're, you know, somebody right at the top of the labels that get everything early mm-hmm. on. Well, I think even just the way it's kind of shaped now, it's like depending on how busy you are, you might mm-hmm. download your tunes before a set. 
and yeah. it's like sometimes you're getting in this like do you really know your tunes that well or it's like yeah. but as before you knew them inside out so you knew when the break was coming you knew when to take one out put one back Probably in there was less music though Aye. which made that easier now mm. it's like you need to almost be a week before yeah Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean like yeah. if you've got a gig then you need to check them a few days or a week before the gig because there's so much more out there Aye. and you want to be fresh still yeah. you know what I mean yeah no, that's yeah. certainly certainly a point but it's just the accessibility mm. as you say yeah. like there was a whole craft in getting the tracks mm -hmm. you were the man you're playing out some like man I've only ever seen Marcel Aye. Woods play that how you get that or, yeah. but now you can just stream things illegally download it I know no, it's, you would like that, we'd pirate radio stations back when when I was young and you'd listen out to that and hear all the new happy hardcore tunes and all that and, you, and like it'd be really difficult to get a hold of them and that was the, the whole buzz I tried to get the joy them. the joy I just like, right, record it on your tape play it non-stop then mm -hmm. eventually you'd find somebody who was selling it you didn't have really mm. discogs and that back then and you could just jump on and steal a record so aye uh, but yeah it's, uh, it's it's changed now I don't now when I'm playing music I don't really search for new music actually I'll I, I, I go back the way mm -hmm. for some reason I, I find I listen to like an old hot and set and I'll find maybe what one of the tracks is and then I'll find the artist and then I'll go and search his stuff for like 1999 and stuff mm -hmm. like that exactly. and, and it, it just sounds so current when you play yeah. it out these days and that's like, I'm, the way I'm thinking these days is backwards Aye. Mm -hmm. yeah. I find that as well especially mm -hmm. in the in the production studio as well like mm -hmm. um I mean, I went through years of just amassing so many sample packs and mm -hmm. and uh, VSTs and plugins, and then before you know what, you're bogged down. You're like, where do I even start? So yeah. <laughs> too much. When I'm like teaching folk or what they learned, and they're right at the start of their journey, I'm like, just use a 909 drum kit. Aye. Just use that. Yeah. Not what do you mean? Do, do you not need all these sample packs? I'm like, nah. Yeah. Because really, if you study it all back. Uh -huh. If you kind of get the tracks going with a nice 909 and, and work with what you've got, and that's see for me that stri strips mm. all of that nonsense, yeah, and gets you just working, yeah, no, with what dance music was created on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I'm certainly going backwards in the studio now, which is which that, is pretty cool, that, rather that is than rather than using. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the latest splice sample packs and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Well, I will always have a joke, you know, and anytime he's getting a new one, I'll be like, then we'll, then we'll have enough. No, I mean, I, I'm still a, like, a geek for software and all that, so I'll be like, yeah. oh, that new instrument looks great, and then he like, oh, then it'll be right. <laughs> then you'll make the number one hit, yeah. well, you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. But it's, it's, it's working with the tools, but there's obviously nothing wrong with having choice as well. Mm -hmm. But it is, it's like, it's just the world we live in now, so much noise and confusion. It's like, you don't know how to make a decision. No. There's mm -hmm. a million. DJs, there's a million tunes that's like, and then it's like out once, and then there's labels now putting out four tracks a month and all that as yeah, well. You know what I mean? I, I, oh, I. This uh, Beatport gives me the fear, man. Like, I, I just, I don't know, I can't spend too long in Beatport. I, I need to, I need to find a, as I say, I need to find an artist and then just go on a, a journey with the artist mm -hmm. and, and what labels they've they they related to and stuff over the years and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's tough. Aye, so going back to. I'm interested in that when you first started running your night. What was that night called then? Was it in Paisley and your book and Willie Daniel and David Forbes and all that then? Uh, yeah, it was called Deception. So it was. Deception? That artwork was fucking terrible, man. It was like, <laughs> it was like you'd big red, white, and Deception, then it was like right. two devils in the right each side. Right, like, right. Well, that's symmetrical. cool, that's cool. Do you know what I mean? And then it was just, it was like, <laughs> uh, but uh, they, were, they, were, they were fun nights, man. Like, we, we'd done them on a Tuesday night, believe it or not. Right. It was uh, a trans night on a Tuesday, but. Uh, we managed to get in good numbers for it, but uh, when we, it was two thousand and seven, you said was that? Uh, they, they ones would have been before that. Before, uh, before that, I think maybe two thousand and 
2005, 2006. Right. Aye, so it's kind of similar culture time. So I'm asking because I had a night for, ran for three years called Culture. Culture. Aye. 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 And uh, it was ran it down here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, first, I'd done my first one when I was 17, so I booked David Forbes. Well, that's how I know the guys now as friends, you know, yep. and, and Mark Sherry, Malorca mm. Lee. Aye. All these guys, because I was going inside out. Aye, same. And, I was I was like, and then yeah. when I actually got a response from them, when yeah. I was that age, like, no way Willie Daniels get back to my message. Aye. He's going to come and play a gig. No way. Wait till he's here about this. Aye. And uh, that's how I managed to get. Uh, get it going down here but it's so, so mad that's similar journey so like, similar aye, yeah. um, it is. you're running a wee night and getting into it yeah. do you know what I mean getting the feeling it out I was inside out that obviously got me into that stuff and I always remember one of my first inside outs with Mario Picotto and me and my my wife today still actually is and uh, we were waiting for Komodo because it was a big tune that just came out at the, the time and it was mm-hmm. all the charts and waiting for Komodo to come on my ass yes come on here we go <laughs> so we got we're doing the front on the barrier and it was pretty rammed in it it drops Komodo it's just it's getting the wee singy bits coming in mm-hmm. my bird faints with fucking just with excitement and everything getting honestly getting <laughs> <touched>. <laughs> she, she collapses so I'm like I have, I have no choice I was either the tune or her so I, <laughs> <laughs> I pick her up and I was carry her out of the medical box and missed the whole fucking tune man I was, like, I was like oh my god so I <laughs> funnily enough me and my cousin Davide get thrown out <laughs> thrown at the arches to see Mauro Picotta and I never got to see his set so there's something about Mauro's sets it's like mm, me and him out. ended up having an argument in Italian I'm like you know and we get flung out in the teaser screaming steaming aye. out on the street we're like we've just missed that full set I know it was I was it was quite funny that's actually. horrid mate but she was alright she's still here now so. aye that's uh, good aye. So. It happened to me once, man, at one of those big events, and people just started what I thought was like a kind of bit of a crush situation going on, but it wasn't. It was just people just fainting yeah. and the, the excitement right. and all that, and people were just getting pulled over the barriers. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, right, I better go over the barrier or not. So I just put my hands up and went over, and just people were just falling over the, the front uh-huh. of the, the barrier. It's just this crazy wild scene. Everybody kind of fainting, yeah. the excitement of being at the front and all that. It's, it's actually <laughs> one of the, the, the principles I kind of take into my promoting now. Like, I'm quite anal about space and be able to dance like i've been going to dc 10 since since you like before it was properly changed to a, like circle local really like the new style circle local and it was still busy and rammed and i was just how can what why is a dancing somewhere that you can't dance mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so everywhere i do my platform 18s or i do my warehouse parties uh, i always make sure i don't oversell stuff because i think mm-hmm. it's important for health and safety this is something I've learned over the years we working with the council for doing my street parties that these things are important like like yeah, there's nothing worse than being crashed crammed in somewhere mm-hmm. yeah. and you're trying to enjoy the music and I, I, I hate that when I went to go, go to DC 10 and stuff I don't know claustrophobic I've, I've been uh, in before and it's, it's a nightmare. nightmare I mean I've got a guy behind me like wanting to square go me because I'm like leaning into him and I'm uh, like mate there's 3,000 people pushing uh, me mate uh, what is <laughs> your problem Capriati's blowing her heads off just calm down <laughs> and I mean he's uh, like stop pushing me like I, know, yeah. I, I, I used to DJ and Suburbia and Paisley I don't know if you, you do you remember Suburbia I don't think so no, Claire would know about that one uh, she'll know it's it's it, was, it was a place to be in Paisley when Paisley was booming before it went a bit shit and uh, uh, the back space was called The Edge and it used to be always mobbed it wasn't my night it was, it was a, a club but I DJ'd it used to be a, like a strippers pole in the middle I used to sit and watch people when I'm DJing and Paisley's a bit mental sometimes mm-hmm. so it's a bit rough and the uh, Somebody would bump into the pole, but they'd turn around and think it was the guy next to the pole that pushed them or hurt them. And then 
every weekend somebody would just start scrapping because of this pole. <laughs> so it, it got to the point they had to take the pole out and all that. Right. It's just, it's mental. Like, that just, pole's starting fight. <laughs> common denominator, yeah, man. Take that I, pole away. I, it's either like an, an overweight, ugly bird chat idea, a backflip after it, or somebody's fighting it. It's, it was, it's, Jesus. It's, uh, I have some sites there. I wonder where that pole is now. Mm. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's no So you keep fat, but no, I, I used to DJ, and that's when I played Scouse House. Actually, I don't know if you went through a Scouse House period. Uh, there was a definite period of that for sure in the bars. It was quite. Um, there was uh, all sorts going on. I loved the Scouse House. I used to go down to Wigan Pier for that. I used to be your Lacoste tracking that and mm-hmm. bounce about with your pals and think you're mental, but it was good. This, this <coughs> Remember the Wigan Pier CDs for sure. Aye, they were cl- classics. Aye, absolutely. You, you got Silver as well. I used to go there. Yeah, you see DJ Vance and stuff like that. So. It was, I, went to, I think Silver done an Anders, didn't they? I don't know. Or was it Mass? Was it it was Mass, aye. I, I went to Mass. Aye, I, I, I got a black eye in Mass once. So I did. <laughs> it was... Uh, Going to church, you know, <laughs> does they sound right? Oh, my dad's tight, man. That's blasphemy. I know, I know. But, but that, because that mass started when Archeos gets shut down around the corner. Is, is, is there unders now? For I don't ones? know. There has to be. I'm just the, not in the, touch the, with well, it. Well, I, I don't think any of us frequent them, so we probably wouldn't know, but either there's still unders going because uh-huh. I've got a couple of young people on the, on online and Facebook and uh-huh. stuff, and you maybe see, like, well, that wee Nile. There has, there has to be, for that. sure. There's got to be. I thought there is, because it's, it's important for young ones to get into club environment early. That's how you kind of learn, and if it affects uh, the clubs, obviously own club sixty nine now. So you're hoping that the young ones are well. That's it. You're bang on, mate. And mm-hmm. and it's exactly what we we do with the, with the studio. It's, that's one of the reasons why we find it so important to work with young people. Mm-hmm. If we can introduce them to DJing like yourself at that DJ workshop that yeah. you went to, then we might not be sitting with Ivan Cuts today and you might not be doing Platform 18 and all the rest yeah, of it no. because of that wee bit of inspiration. Mm-hmm. So they are the people who are going to be buying the club tickets. They are the young people that we've got to inspire, especially in an age where everyone wants to sit in and watch Netflix or, yep. stream, On phone. or stream it in their big telly back home with 10 of their mates as opposed to go out to a club night. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? there's a lot of factors in there. That's what I find with the whole clubbing scene now. It's a... Uh, there's factors in terms of uh, money to go out and young ones are just sitting in their gaff now really and, mm. and it's hard to, to pull them out and go and see a DJ or they're, they're staying in the gaff and they're going to the after parties because it's cheaper it's, mm-hmm. there's a kind of dilemma there now between the whole club and scene mm-hmm. I think because it is so expensive why would you go and see a DJ at a club when you can go to a festival and pay 60 quid and see a, 10 of the DJs you want mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. know what I mean so the DJs are playing three times a year in the one city or, or in Scotland so there's too many options, I feel, for people to go and see a DJ. But when I was younger, it was like the DJ would play maybe once every two years. Mm. And like, you never would never yeah, that would come, like, you'd be like, that's the only time I'm going to get to see him. I mean, <coughs> yeah. there's so much choice now for young ones. And it's kind of, I find it a bit difficult with the club in that sense because it's it's enticing them down to the club to, to come and see Yeah, him, to come out. come out. And again, it goes back to like the educational side. It's mm. like, make, like, you know, showing them the importance of going out socialising we were talking about that a wee bit before we've spoke about that a fair bit like social skills and young people they now are really it's quite a s- issue it is because like you're not socialising with your neck at a 90 mm. degree angle staring at your phone do you know what I mean it's did it intim- intimacy that's a, Aye, that's a thing that, how do you talk to you or flirt with somebody now but there's that many bar- barriers now like what can you do as a guy or a, when you mm-hmm. when you flirt with somebody or whatever so I can see why it, it could put them off it and 
And that's that. When the push comes to the shove, there might be all this bravado on Tinder or whatever it is for people. And then when it comes to it, they don't go on the date because they're, like, they're riddled with insecurity. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because the app's created that because you're not out in a bar chatting to someone naturally. Yeah. It's all been built up uh-huh. for months yeah, yeah, on yeah. their phone. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's no, madness, isn't it? It is yeah. scary. But even like, um, like people are just becoming actually more lonely mm. being to going on social media because, see, I ask mostly every workshop that we do, I'll ask a young person like, you know, would you do that weekend? Nothing. Mm. Like, how long did you spend on your phone? About nine hours. Nine hours, mate. That is the average for like young people spending time on their phone. Oh, Imagine you're putting nine hours into DJing or making music yeah, or mate, doing yeah, a craft. Yeah, it's like that's how you would get ahead of the game by taking your head at the phone and putting it into something. But learning guitar nine hours a day, do you know what I mean? You'd be amazing. But, good, you'd be. but two week in, man, you'd be one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it, what's your stance on phones in the club? Uh, I think I think there's, there's a limit to it I think a wee video here and there is alright and stuff like that but I was in Amnesia last year I was last year for Music On and there was a guy next to me it just killed my buzz man he, he, he was he had his phone and it was waving in front of me and it was just it was like get my way do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but I understand why people do it do you know what I mean it is good for promotion in terms of your club DJ whatever but I think there's a limit to it. Like when you, go, I've been to the Bergen a few times, and it is good just to go out in there, and you don't need to worry about phones or anything like that. But does it work in Scotland? I think it would. I think we're not culture culture there. It's not the culture for it, and it's yeah. it's a massive culture of Love Island phones, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, so it's like with that, you've got to find a balance. I usually, well, I think we spoke about it in one of the podcasts. I usually find a lot of the smaller clubs are like no phone policies, usually because there's no much a crowd in there, so they're like, don't pull the phone uh, out, it's banned. Yeah, you know, it's like because at the end of the day. As a promoter, mm-hmm. you want somebody to put some viral video out there, a dancing peaker coming, smashing it, and it puts the club more in the matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it is, it's a scary place to be in because techno's not about that either. No, it's not. I, I don't find there's much phone action in Club 69, to be it's honest. Not, no, it's not too much. No, there's not too much of it. I think uh, people are aware of the space and that, and they don't really mm-hmm. want to get involved with people. So Definitely agree. Uh, <clears throat> at Platform, I don't think there's been... I've, I've never really... So we're, I'm quite proud of the, the crowd that come to platform over the years because it's it's been a, a crowd that are well behaved. I've had any really main issues. They kind of they've always been there for the music and listening to sets. I don't feel the young ones these days have got attention span to listen to a DJ for like two two to even three four hours anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I, I used to love going seeing a DJ for play that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, it seems to be that they're all well behaved. That there's not much phones flying about the platform, which is cool. Uh, and I think it, it would help promotional wise, but that's why we've got our own guys to do that. Like you've got a videographer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it pro. But I wouldn't just go out and say ban fo- like phones and that. I just don't. Think, nah. I don't think it. I don't think it works that way. It's going a bit too against what's already happening, mm-hmm. isn't it? Can't like, stop. You can't stop progress or whatever it is. You know. Yeah. Like. I think that's what's stopping older ones going out. But is the young ones. I think when that was younger into techno, I know I was young, the same as young ones are now, but. We were we were there for the music and dancing, and having a laugh with pals. But the young ones are a bit kind of more just getting a bit more fucked up and mm-hmm. swinging their phones about. And I think that annoys older ones, and that's why we've kind of seen a downfall. Something older ones come to the to the club, which used used to come regularly, because mm-hmm. the young ones are a bit more a wee bit over the place. But the young ones are the ones that spend the money at the bar. They're the ones that yeah that, that, that do they do 
support the club in that sense. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tricky balance to get. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so see, like on the lead up, I've obviously been doing nights and stuff and, and all of that. So you obviously, when you went to see Sven Bath, was it? Yeah. Aye. yeah. And, and then did you go back with this newfound energy that I want to do a night or I'm going to start DJing more or what was yeah. the, the motivation there? Like? Yeah, I, I decided to just look into more of the techno stuff and I started a night in Glasgow called Nomad and it was it was an art school with people like karate, heartthrob eh, and we had we done an outdoor party with Radu which is one of the big Romanian DJs it's minimal kind of stuff which was massive at DC10 at the time and so that was kind of how I progressed into that it was art school was a good venue we used to be sold that out and stuff and then I decided to go to Abbey Fit to do the season in 2012 and that's where it kind of penny drop for me when I came back for the season that I wanted to do something bigger scale and something different to Glasgow because mm-hmm. I was kind of a wee bit bored doing club nights if you, if you know what I mean I've been doing it for a good few years and I just went decided to go a walk after a couple of days come back for a maybe fun came feel depressed aye one of the come downs aye <laughs> and uh, just went I came across West Street and uh, just had a wee look about and thought to myself I was with I was with Roscoe for Fuse uh, at the time because he was playing at one of my nights at St Jude's and we just he just says it's possible because eh? mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's possible really but mm-hmm. it's it just finding out who owned the street and when all the kind of avenues you had to go down it was I eventually found out it was the council avenue so yeah I had to build up a, a plan really to convince mm-hmm. him to do a, a big rave on the street which yeah. is, is <laughs> at that time it was there's a bit of stigma between electronic music and just doing stuff like that. It was like the Archies was shutting down and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. like that. So it was... Pressure on the council uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was... I had to kind of make up a... Well, no make up, but just build a plan around, not just a rave, mm-hmm. really. So we, we incorporated, uh, like, mental health because it's close to my heart because I lost one of my good friends through that. So I... I Went to Sam H, spoke to them and seen how we could communicate with eighteen to twenty five year olds, mainly males, mm-hmm. and uh, and he says that music was a was a good way of doing it. So I, I thought let's let's build, let's build the party around that. Brilliant, so. it's amazing. And, and West Street as well. So you, that must have been a mad moment, like just going, hmm, this is quite cool. Like and, uh, and what's amazing about it is like just how the street kind of ends. Yeah, and so it's it does seem like it. At that point, you're like, man, this could work. So, like, yeah. there's no through. It's made yeah. for it. Yeah, it was, it's almost totally made for it. Eh? Yeah, it was. It, the reason it was, it was kind of a sad story why that that street is a dead end because there was an accident that happened years ago where there was a, a drunk bus driver and taking kids to school, right? And, and he went, he hurt that bridge, and a, a, few, right? a few of the kids were, were killed there right? and stuff. So, yeah, that's the reason that that shot. That right? Aye, that's, okay. So that's that, and that so that. It's a bit of a mess, the whole street, to be honest. It's, a, it's in between two of the depots of the council, which uh, clean it. Mm-hmm. So none of them want to clean it because it's like a grey area and they say, no, that's your bit. No, not ah, sure. right. But it's not really. It's just, it's, it's one of the depots where they just don't do it. So my whole philosophy was basically to clean that street up, bring something more positive to it because it has obviously uh, been... A bad, bad history. A, a bad history. And show that... And it kind of relates with the mental health things that you can turn things around mm-hmm. and it, it, it can be doom and gloom mm-hmm. and, but you can gradually do things to make things better and that's what we've done in that place it's it's now known for a good thing yeah than the bad thing but obviously people still pay respect to the, yeah, whatever yeah. happened there in the past but it's uh I, I see it as more, i see the 
you got to progress in life and move on and there's no point in actually just letting think like things yeah yeah mass respect to you mate that's a, that's brilliant mm-hmm. you know that whole overcoming that that what happened there and mm-hmm. i mean you know a lot of people probably won't know that as well no um, it's, it's so, news to me uh, it's, it happened quite a few years ago i so <coughs> but yeah and, and as i say we clean up the street every year there's always junky needles down there and blah 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 but and it's it be turned into something special mm. and that's what i hope it is does it work quite well logistically people getting in and out and yeah so basically we have to file for road closure <laughs> this year is the first year i've actually done the setup the day before i don't know why i've never done it the day before because right. i think because you need to pay a fee to to close the road and i mm-hmm. thought that you would need to pay an extra fee for uh, another day but it doesn't, it just, it, it, one fee, like you can have it as closed as long as you want. So, oh, right, okay. so I only found out this year. So we, we do the setup, we're going to do a setup on the Friday, adding more kind of visuals and stuff like that. And this is the first year we're doing it for two days. So yeah, it just takes the stress off because we used to come in at like eight in the morning, have to get the road sweeped by the council, then get everything set up and ready to go for 12 o'clock. Right, that's and quite a short space. Uh, Four short, hours, man. That is a short space of time. And, and the council still need to come down and sign it off. Right. I've got to the stage now where the council can trust what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. so they don't really come down to check, but they can. If, mm-hmm. if, but you know, I'm very proud of my st- working on standards. Mm-hmm. If you do things properly, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that you're not cutting corners, then you can't go wrong, mm-hmm. Like, and, and you don't piss off the wrong people. Yeah. Right? And the end of the day, it is health and safety at the end of the day. The council have got these regulations in for a reason. It's, mm-hmm. uh, so... We, we just do everything to the book mm-hmm. and that's why we've been going for six years, I think. thing is, if you don't, it's like they've got the power to shut it down and then it ruins yep. your whole thing yep. because somebody's trying to cut a corner or whatever. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's no on when you're yep. trying to run a business. It's like, you can't just, mm-hmm. you know, it's no, yeah. it's, this is trying to be a professional thing and if you're mm-hmm. you're at a point you're cleaning a full street and all that, yeah. it's beyond just a club night or whatever. And it's, since I've started doing that, you, you, you kind of build that, like you look at everything now is health and safety. So I go to one of these after parties, which wow, I used to. Nah, look at that. But I used to. Go, I used to go after parties all the time and get mad when never, never get a fuck really. But mm-hmm. but now since I've started doing this and I go to one, I played one. I don't know why I even played. I shouldn't have played. But it was on. It was in a loft, right? And it was on. The decks were on cardboard boxes, and it was like like heated lights, like disco lights, on top of the cardboard boxes. I'm like myself. If this goes in fire, you're mm-hmm. up in a loft. A loft. There's, there's about two, three hundred people in here. This is, We're all this, going. This is a disaster, right. you know what I mean? So there's just wee things like that. that well, no wee, it's quite a big thing, but like, I, I, you, you kind of, yeah, yeah. it flags up. Totally. <laughs> Do you not think that's, that's an important point, though, in terms of, like, it needs to get regulated and, like, see how there was obviously this big expose recently of this journalist that went into all these uh, after parties yep. and then actually she yeah. had a really good time and everybody was brand new. <laughs> just like, let's bring this down. I don't know what I'm going to say, right? But obviously she's been getting pelters. She's just doing her yep. job, right? But... Uh-huh surely it's like the arches or whatever it's like oh somebody died we're gonna have to shut it down it's like you're not gonna stop drug taking or people partying by shutting a venue down yeah so maybe it's better to actually get this stuff regulated yeah. so people can be safer and then instead of going into things like that it's already checked health and safety sorted go and have some fun after party fun yeah i, yeah, I can understand why these people run after parties because uh, the kind of rubbish laws we get for three mm-hmm. o'clock license or four o'clock now but yeah there, there is a point of safety that comes to it. Like there's going, there was nine of these after parties going at one point in the winter. So was there? Uh, I knew there was a fair few. It's 
but, but, but the ratio is it's going to there's going to be an accident one of these times mm. isn't aye, it? Aye. Do you know what I mean but it's uh, either it's I used to when we done after parties back in the day it used to be for the club of it night that you done so we do it in art school then we would run a bus to the after party and it would be every day for there but now it's changed and people are using the, the after parties as if it's a business and a cl- like a club now so they're opening at 12 and then mm. finishing at 8 and you kind of feel the effects of feeling a club and stuff like that as well because people can miss out the club yeah know? it's almost like the after parties are just so responsive to the laws yeah. and the way it is Mm-hmm. So it's like it's the, the core is like the way the, the, the like you know the way they go about the the drugs and and like the way they you know they should be testing and keeping it safer as opposed to making people feel that mm-hmm. they're uh, outlaws and, yeah. and they're you know breaking the law. So people are like, yeah. well, I'd rather go and hang about an after party and, and spend my money there with my mates. They're not getting that kind of yeah. judgment. Yeah, no. So no, it's no. like response to mm-hmm. maybe the, the councils or the government should be looking at, you know, let's adopt a, a Dutch way of looking at this here. Let's adopt a, a Portuguese way of looking yeah, at yeah, the yeah. drug issues. And yeah. as opposed to just, you know, because you can't even shout and ball about the, f- the fact that after parties are happening. They're happening for a reason. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I just, I think we're still very backwards in Scotland. Like, I was up at a council here another week there for the club, yeah, about licensing. And, but there was a somebody on before me, and it was a hairdresser's, basically wanting to sell alcohol to a customer, just just a beer. Mm-hmm. Well, you get a haircut. Mm-hmm. Me and you think what's wrong with that? And mm-hmm. Some but barbers do it. Yeah. I had somebody for the council and uh, somebody for uh, what were they called? Basically, your your health your health being whatever but they, and they were putting in a big rejection about this you know no this is encouraging drinking and it's, like, it's a beer getting a haircut calm down do you know what no, I mean stop overthinking uh, it overthinking it it's like we're, we're so backwards and these people are not helping like the scene at all when, with this attitude yeah do you think yeah, it, yeah. a part of it though is like some British Scottish people are just shocking on the baby like people, one, like people, one ruins it for everyone. You know, it's yeah. like because it's like eating, cheating, and all that. You know, and like absolutely hammering it to the point. It's like you know, yeah. fighting yeah. or whiting in the corner, and you're like, what? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I like, but we always do ruin it. Like <laughs> the, the perfect example is the guy stabbing the horse and kill the killing both park after the Queen's Jubilee. You know that one, though? No. no. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Vegans turn this uh, off now. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Queen's Jubilee, the, the, big, the, the big party in Kelvin Grove Aye, Park. I remember that. And this fanny runs up and stabs a horse, man. Like, it's like, only in fucking Scotland you would do that. Probably his tap half. Uh, don't know what he would... Jesus. But then you get that, then, and that ruins it for... Will, say there was 80% of people were like as responsible, uh, you know what I mean? Then the 20% are doing things like that. Aye, uh, it's, it's murder. And that's that's it, brutal. That, but that's the Scottish culture, isn't it? Uh, and, totally. But I don't, I don't think it helps when you like put laws on that you can't drink after 10pm or drink bev- like get bevy before that. I think that just makes you more frustrated. Mm-hmm. I think it's the wrong way of doing it, telling people yeah, what they can totally. not do. Aye. I will not well behave, but there's must be... There must be other angles we can look at it. Yeah, because again, it's no, it's not really the the bevy that's a problem. It's how you use it. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't. It's like I mean, surely if they really cared about our health, why would they sell tobacco? Yeah. Like why? Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. biggest killer in the world. So it's like if they cared about your actual health or you know, what I mean, yeah. you would not get access to that. So yeah. it's picking and choosing the poison is what does manner in the yeah, most. Right, you know, yeah. it's like how can you you can't just do that and then do this? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So it does. It does 
make people more frustrated and do mm-hmm. bad worse things. Like you're gonna get bevy anyway if the bevy exactly. bevy foot shuts. Aye. You just open another can of worms, didn't you? Aye, and the thing is there's another responsive thing to the, the shops shutting at ten. That dial abuse. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's responses to this the, the stupid laws they're set up. Oh, of course, though there is. People are going to do it anyway. You yeah. might as well do it yeah. right and make your money. Set from it, it up properly, man. I know. Mm-hmm. Make the money from it. But there's pubs in Glasgow that you can have a, a pint before ten a.m. if you buy a pie. Aye. But people just don't eat the pie, so Aye. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it baffles me that there's like a bunch of ten council people just sitting on a table and they just they go like to sell. Do you know what? <laughs> that's a good that's, idea. That's, that's an idea. That, as it? long as they eat their pie. Uh, it's, it's a law. You, you can do it. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy. That's a real, that's a completely mad law, that one. Uh, so. then, then obviously Italy mm. and uh, France, though, you're, you know, 13-year-old uh, youngsters there having a nice red wine with their dinner. Yeah. They feel part of it. Having a drink isn't a big deal. Yeah. And they grow up with that. Like, why yeah. is there a big fascination with getting absolutely hammered yeah. out your nut? Well, I'm used to alcohol earlier on. The culture is completely yeah. not, not the same. It is, it is all down to the culture because we were even talking about it earlier. Like, people don't really seem to know good food. You yeah. know, and it's, I was telling you a story of my friend and that, and it was like, oh, this great place, and it was all overcharged, you know, shite toasties and all that. And you're uh, like, so it's like being young, getting introduced to a wee bit of wine, because I, I even got that, you know, and it, a wee bit of water in it and stuff, and I, you didn't even uh, really like it, you know, like, oh, but it's shown been. that there's not this big taboo about it. No, no, no I, I, once I have kids, I'll be definitely be introducing it at that age as well. I think it's. I think that's the reason why it is mm-hmm. so well behaved abroad. You won't drink till you're 18, and then you hit 18, you're like, yes! Aye, that's uh, right. you go nuts. Aye, aye. But, but, but even before that, you're still, aye, you're still, you're, you're still getting your, your, you're getting you're your, sneaking your, it. You're still getting your bottle of Mary down for the shot when you're 13. Of course, you know, you're, you're sneaking it out rather than. I know. When your parents think that you're you're holding off till you're 18, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's not happening. Now there's a there's a couple of things I want to take off right before we end this show today. Right now, one which you'll probably be happy to hear about, right, is this taboo of getting to Paisley to Club 69. Oh, right. right? Yeah. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. You're like, you, you're going to a club at night, nah, it's too hard to get to. Like, no, it's no. Aye. So can we explain some simple ways in 2019, right, <laughs> how to travel Aye, on well, your own well, to somewhere five minutes outside the city? Yeah, well, people always feel that Club 69 is in Timbuktu. So mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it's actually 13 minutes from Central Station. It's nine minutes on the train, and then it's a four-minute walk for, for, for Paisley to the club. And then you, you go and have your party, come back out, walk four minutes to the taxi rank at the train station, and then you're 10, minute, £10 pound, £15 pound a taxi up the road. <laughs> Which is a sharing. Between four but three uh, people. Aye, and it's, that's as simple as it's that. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that, so... Yeah, that's, that's our whole campaign with Club 69, which we're going to try and uh, push in the next few weeks. And also we've got, the, we've got a uni there in Paisley, which has uh, got 2,000 foreign students staying in it. Uh, it 18,000 pass through it every year. So we're going to target them. They don't know the clubs there. The, the club's seeped in history. It's 30 years old, but to p- new people coming to the Paisley or staying and going to uni, they, they don't know anything about it. And... It's a magical wee electronic club there just in the road for them that they can just come down to. And mm-hmm. it's, we're trying my best to book the big, biggest names. Obviously, in this industry, it's difficult with DJ fees and that, but I've got a bit of good leverage because of platform and reputation. So I'm hoping that it catches fire a bit in the next six months and 
it's only 200 people so it's not a big ask in the, mm-hmm. the end of it so. yeah yeah mm. it's great you know and you get you get the chance to tap into those solo sets that you know, you can go to a festival, you can do all this, but there's something about that intimate setting. Yeah, yeah, that you can really so yeah, cut teeth if you're going there an eighteen as an eighteen year old, and you know you might have your mind blown. You might uh, get into DJing or something. I know. Well, so. I think it's it's a it's a great club, Club Sixty Nine. I don't think there's many of them in the world like Club Sixty Nine. You've been in it yourself. It's mm-hmm. dingy underground. It's got a stinking carpet, but. <laughs> That's a little part of yeah, yeah. clubbing. And just Plus, the, you don't know. Yeah. You wouldn't. It's so yeah. unassuming. Yeah. You would not know because it's behind the street. Aye, and it's, it's under a restaurant. Under a curry restaurant. Aye, I wouldn't advise going to the curry restaurant before you come in. Mind you. But that's what they used to do, <laughs> wasn't it? That's like that's how it started, wasn't it? It's like people would go to the dance and after. Cue the toilet. I've made that mistake a few times. Before I'm DJing, going to a curry house. No, never again. Nah, nah, definitely eating light before the gigs. Definitely. Aye, I, I, I was in Manchester once and it wasn't a curry, mind you. I went to a kind of street festival place and before I played and I had this kind of chicken chicken dish or something. Hmm. And halfway through my set, all you hear was the stomach going. And I was actually staying in an Airbnb with the promoters, but they, they decided to throw a massive party for the club back at the thing. So, I started, you, you can imagine the sweats, the shits, everything, and then it says, oh, you've got a wee room in the back there, but it's, it was like people just coming in all the time, slamming the door, and you're up just booking, booking a train back up the road, that, just like that, that like, I couldn't stay there for any other hour, man, it's like, <laughs> so I was like, booked a train, it was like seven in the morning, I was like, I'm jumping on that next one, and mm-hmm. it was a murder, it was murder on the train journey, but I, it was worth it, but I wouldn't. <laughs> You've, you've never had some experiences like yourself but that, that, that's the thing it's like people think it's always greener like going and DJing or whatever but it's like you know DJs are human beings as well and, and shit like that goes down so excuse the pun but the, the, the travelling thing's the worst man like especially after it like you get carried away and you just always want to you feel rude if you don't socialise with Aye. the promoters don't you so it's yep. see the, the journey home man it's that's the whole thing I can't handle about DJing I know I was, I was at a place Liverpool, uh, Liverpool a few months back and you know, you're partying back at the hotel with them and stuff like that, and then you're just like, mm, I want to get up the road. Aye. And then you're like, shit, you're I'm ready. stuck down here. And my, my train's not until, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not waiting another day here. I'm Aye. like, you know, really, we could be doing me some sleep and whatever else. Yeah. And you're like, mm, I'm so far away here. This doesn't feel great. So yeah. I went straight to the train station, just like first train. Aye. I was like, I'm going to, at least I'm dealing with getting home. Aye. And I feel, feel better about progression. <laughs> so and it's like <laughs> uh, you take the steps by steps because I sat down in one of the, the chairs and the guy came up to me and says, "Oh, you're not sitting." And he says, "Mate, I'm fucking sitting. Here. Don't get away from me." Like, <laughs> like, I just need to get up the road. I'm the way I'm standing. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like it's so. Aye, I know, the DJ life. Aye, absolutely, it's all glamour, it's all glamour, mate. What were you going to say? So in terms of just like giving back, right, so let's always like to try and round it up with some nuggets of advice for people watching, right, and that way we give it at the end so they've got to sit through all this shit till they get it, right. (laughs) So basically, um, what are some top tips for someone looking to, firstly, just get involved in the DJ scene or Mm. someone who's maybe like, do you know what, I don't really want to be a DJ but I want to run some club nights and stuff, what are we bits of advice you could give to anyone looking to get involved well I think you need to start small obviously so like we, the club 69 at the moment we've just brought in a, a load of new promoters and it's been it's been a great success it's great to see like these young ones getting all the pals round up like we've, we've booked guests big name guests and they've not gotten as many people as these guys are getting mm-hmm. in they're just rounding up their pals and they're all coming to support support them so 
that's it. If you're young, just get a club night and just get your pals to come and support you the best way possible. You can work on your sound as it comes. Like, like you, you'll probably be into the more like bigger tunes, the ones that stand out. But once you start playing more and more and get that experience, you, you'll, you'll dig in more into like the the tracks that people don't have and stuff like that. So. Mm. Yeah, like that's the, that's the biggest advice I would give to somebody doing that. And then once you build your way up, try new things, um, build contacts, uh, do things for charity. Like we, the club, are doing stuff for charity as well. It's important, do you know what I mean, to 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 keep everybody involved and mm. make make them feel special. So uh, yeah, that's. And then if you if you feel confident enough, then you you go for the bigger ones like the platform 18s. But that takes time. You're not going to do that and space a, a couple of years mm -hmm. so i mean that that's took me a, a good 10 10 years to build that up so mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and, and a, lot of, a lot of space on reputation as well as you said because if you've got a good reputation of running a party for 150 mm. people yeah for three years safely as well and maybe yeah, safely, you, yeah. you book a handful of good guests and those good guests mm -hmm. and the other dj friends that will go now he's brilliant or she's brilliant yeah you know Go and play go for them. Get, go and get in about that, and, and maybe uh -huh. a big party will come your way. That's a good uh -huh. bit of advice. Uh -huh. for sure. it's, uh, it's networking as well. And like, if you're running big events and you're doing, you've got bills to pay, like people to pay, always pay your bills, man. Like, see if you're, if you're paying in time and you're getting, people use you again. Like, so like I, I use the same engineers and all that, and they're all they're, they're the best I feel for what I do. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just respect and like dealing with people and doing everything properly. I, I, I've always felt that's the way forward and like pay your way and don't mm -hmm. and don't and don't try and cut corners with it. That's mm -hmm. it. Excellent, excellent advice. Mm -hmm. Start small, work your way up. Actually, work very hard at yeah, it. Yeah. Do a bit of networking, and and what was the last one? There? Pay, your pay, pay your way. Pay your way. Pay your way. Yeah. Excellent yeah. man. Yeah. Absolutely excellent. excellent. Okay. So that's us then. What, a, what an episode. Thanks so much for coming on, mate. I actually flew in, man. I can't believe how quick I know. They, they always do, but it was, we packed a lot into it. Aye. It was good. It just, it just means we could, uh, you know, leave scope to do another one. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, if you fancy coming back on and we could do a wee post event. So actually, let's do a wee last bit of promo. When's the next Platform 18? Because we'll get this out before it kicks off. People right, can okay. go. Yeah, so Platform 18 is coming up on the uh, 3rd and 4th of August. It's two days. First time we've done two days. And it's nice. Probably the biggest lineups yet. So Saturday's Detroit Love. So it's a bit of respect to the the founders of the techno and stuff. Uh, you've Excellent. got Carol Craig. You've got wow. Derek May. Get uh, Derek Carter. Even though he's not for Detroit, he's for Chicago, but they're all interlinked. Mm -hmm. So uh, and you've got Fraser Campbell for London. It's playing and myself. And on Sunday, it's a bit more techno orientated. You've got uh, Emily Lenz. Uh, Probably the biggest techno DJ about now, I would say. Yeah. So huge. Huge, you know. Uh, and you've got Ben Sims, one of my favourite DJs. I've actually booked him 10 years ago at Club 69. That was one of my first club nights in the club. It comes back round. Uh, it does. That's it, amazing. It does. Uh, he mixing four turntables at once back in the day, so he was unbelievable. But uh, So he's playing. And we have Octave One Live. It's obviously done a big tune, Blackwater, which everybody knows. Uh, and uh, Frazier. Yeah, so he's he's playing. He's one of my good friends. So, yeah, it's going to be a good couple of days. And f the after parties are going to be at Club Sixty Nine. We've got Carol Craig playing the Saturday, nice. and then Ben Sims on Sunday. Hopefully, we can twist Amelie Lenzi's arm or something. I don't know. Okay, who knows? Who knows? So, <laughs> it's yeah. good good to hear a couple of Scottish DJs on the lineup as well. Yeah, I try to I try to always balance it out with like people in the scene. I like live sets in my lineups as well. So I always try to have a wee live mm -hmm. set in there. So. Yeah, that's what's coming up. And in the club, 
this weekend. It's quite a big one. We get Salado playing on Friday night. Jeez, oh. Uh, and we have. It's massive. Uh, it's big that one. That's <laughs> massive, man. So, and then Big Miz is playing Saturday next week at Cobasil. And then Gary Beck's doing his uh, Beck audio party at the end of the, the, nice. m- end of the month, which is. Excellent. I'll <sighs> be pumping. Nice, get looks later playing them. So, yeah. And you just had Dead Speaker there as well, didn't you? Yeah, Dead Speaker, yep. And uh, aye, it's, been, it's been a good year for the club. Uh, it's Massive just, year. Yeah, it's been good. Maybe so, the biggest. Really? Aye, it's, aye. It's, it, was, it was kind of a bit rocky for a while with the previous owners and stuff but I think we're starting to stabilise it and get the right people in it's good to see the scene thriving here in Scotland it's directly linked to us Paisley's right there you know and and we're right here Glasgow so so everything's all interlinked you know it's great to hear it's uh, it's brilliant it's thriving for sure we see the the wee clips that we usually cut and put out as like a wee teaser we'll need to do the one where it's just giving directions to people like that (laughs) is this how you get a train (laughs) this is how long it takes I know I know it's baffling how many people just think it's miles away. Brilliant. I know. What we were saying before we, we started rolling as well, like people with Dumbarton, we, we get Same that as thing. well because Dumbarton's almost like up at Aberdeen way, you know, like, for, for, for most folk. <laughs> right. The what, Highlands. What train do you get for Dumbarton? It's uh, you can from Dumbarton East or Dumbarton Central. I, I, we've it, got two stations here. You know what I mean? Right. I, so it's, it's the Hellensburg. If you're in Glasgow, it's Hellensburg Central or Balloch. Both hit Dumbarton East. Right. Hellensburg Central one gets you in 22 minutes. Aye. Which is rapid, uh, and then going into Glasgow, you can either get Edinburgh, Cumbernauld, Drumgeller. Endless options. Endless options. Endless. Right. Endless. Yeah. Okay. So, so why? So well, that. thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Well, thanks very much for having me, guys. Right. Cheers, man. Loved it. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. Right. Episode thirty-one has been wrapped up. We have Ivan Kurtz. Thanks again. Cheers. Nice yes. one. See you next time. <laughs>